The following podcast discusses alternative sexual practices in loving and detailed terms, and as such may not be appropriate for young children, those who don't understand English, or my mother. Mom, I know you want to be supportive of my endeavors, but seriously stop the podcast and walk away. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to A Harry Prone Companion, a podcast of wholesome kink and perverted knitting. I'm Sarah Kane. I'm Lansing Mike. And he's reaching carefully, trying not to fall over. Cause no, I'm reaching carefully so I don't make sounds <laughs> with the blinds because I realize my drink is in a really bad spot. And there we go. And that's not going to be able to see Okay. I'm like, why did I put my drink there? I have to go through this gauntlet of, well, blinds. Blinds. Oh, because I need to sit. Okay. I'll just put that there. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll work there. You shouldn't be rolling around too much. Yeah. Life continues. I got the promotion. Yay. And it's, it's been stressful, but it's, uh, it's working out more or less. Mm-hmm. Most of the stress is coming from the fact that they decided at the same time that they promoted me mm-hmm. and hired my replacement at the lower level, mm-hmm. they got rid of the old computer system because mm-hmm. they didn't want to have to train somebody on both the old system and the new system. Okay. So they kind of accelerated the rollout of the new system, and as such, there are some issues that need to be dealt mm-hmm. with on the new system. Eagle-eared. Eagle-eared? Um, attentive listeners, beagle-eared, beagle-eared listeners to the podcast may have noticed, um, that there were a couple of promotional spots in last, uh, in the last episode. Um, yeah, we will, you will continue to hear promotional spots, uh, in the episodes going forward because we're part of a podcast promotion exchange. So hopefully you'll find the podcast that we promote on here interesting and hopefully we'll get some more people in from those interesting podcasts so cool yeah i almost feel we should play our promo on this podcast just so so people can know what other people are hearing but i remember that and i was like okay it's okay It, it it's a bit of promo inception but i might play it right here on a hairy prone companion, Sarah Kane and Lansing Mike discuss wholesome activities such as mummification, fisting, sounding, puppy play, and perverted activities like knitting, sewing, crochet. Plus, we'll get you caught up on all the ins and outs of the mid Michigan gay kink scene. A hairy prone companion, the premier podcast of wholesome kink and perverted crafting. Find it in bed next to you or on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever fine podcasts are found. <laughs> um, the uh, but yeah, I heard the other ones and like, oh, they sound really professional. Oh. Yeah, they do, and yeah, listening to ours played against theirs, it does sound a little bit hollow. But oh well, well, so are we. Yeah, um, well, I I got it. I have to come up with appropriate Patreon uh, premiums oh. so that I don't feel awful about taking people's money for mm-hmm. a free podcast. But, uh, yeah, if we had a Patreon, we could get set up with better microphones, and, yeah. It's amazing what you can do with pretty low-level ones, though. I, yeah, I heard that Welcome to Night Vale was recorded on a pretty cheap uh, microphone in the uh, Cecil Baldwin's uh, apartment for, I think, for years. 
And it still might be. Still might. Actually, I've been hearing a difference in sound, so I think they might have actually changed that recently, but I'm not too sure. I, I think I heard that the studio changed, but they kept the same microphone, or at least the same okay. model, um, to, cool. to try and have con as consistent as possible mm -hmm. sound quality throughout the whole thing. Gossip. Gossip. You probably have a lot more than I do. Oh, do you have any? Yes. I mean, I went to Suits in the City uh, on Wednesday. Um, you know, not terribly kinky, except for the fact that there's people who are there I've slept with and other people that I want to sleep with. But, uh, I mean, the event itself was just, a, you know, kind of a, a mixer. Um, and then went to uh, Esquire on f Saturday. Uh, some uh, friends had gotten married and they had their kind of reception at the bar. So saw some people I hadn't seen in a long time from out of town. But, um, as, but the reason I was at that and not at DBC is that I came down with a cold this week. And it's like, well, I wouldn't have been DBC either except it rained. Because the plans were, I had like four conflicting sets of plans. <laughs> uh, camping at Camp It, which was Halloween weekend. I knew people going there and that could have been a lot of fun. Camping at Creek Ridge, which was Lumberjock weekend. Right. Uh, some guys I met at Bear Week were going to go to that one and that could have been a lot of fun. Uh, so the, the contender, the main one was Creek Ridge because it would have been easier. Uh, but rainy, wet and rainy this yeah, weekend. Yeah. I'm like, no. Creek, yeah, Creek Ridge isn't fun when it's cold, cold and wet. And I don't think camp it would be either. No, not really. just camping really. and they don't have enough covered, yeah. So that meant, oh, I get to do DBC and First Friday. But we moved First Friday to the second Friday. Right, because, because Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, which... Uh, a report from Pup Neptune saying that we didn't have to worry because nope. Oktoberfest was dead, as yeah. was the Esquire. Oh, well. Well, and I know that, uh, I know people who went to First Friday, on First Friday, and they're like, it's Leather Night. And I'm like, no, it's Second Friday. And it's like, no, it's always First Friday. I'm like, well, yeah, technically it is. <laughs> well, the official it, it, one got it'll moved. be both. Yeah. Yeah, why not? But so people had shown on First Friday, they, it sounds like there's at least three or so. And so I kind of got, not an argument, but... Someone said, I was there, and I was like, well, good, but it's really on the 12th. And it's like, but that's not First Friday. I'm like, I know. So yeah, need a better way of advertising when these things change. Or we just yeah. stay with First Friday no matter what. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's something about consistency. True. And uh, if Fridays are going to be two, then there's going to be too many things conflicting with Friday. Maybe move it to a different night. Maybe actually ask the bar saying, hey, what's your dead, dead night, which is usually Monday. And, I mean, it's harder because out-of-towners, yeah. things like that. But thing is, uh, you know, I don't think too many people are making a late night of it. No. So, uh, I mean, it'd be nice to actually get, like, bar sanctioning. Like, old days, first Friday, leather night, was definitely a bar-sanctioned event because they gave you free cover if you had leather on. So it was the bar doing it. By just us doing it, you know, the thing is, it's like, well, it's has a different feel and True. nice to get the bar involved and say, Hey, we really want to do this. We want to bring in people and actually show them, Hey, you're making some money off of us. We're not just mm -hmm. a, a crowd in the corner. We actually turn this from dead, dead, dead to slightly dead. Undead. Yeah. <laughs> Still <laughs> dead, but just wrapped in latex and leather. Yay. With... I'm not dead yet. So, um, but that's in the future. Future problems. Future are problems. Uh, so, First Friday will be coming up this Friday. Mm -hmm. um, it's First Friday somewhere. Uh, the uh, 
Well, was it? Oh, so that got moved, so I didn't have to worry about that conflict. And then getting sick just meant no, DVC would be a bad idea. Um, I yeah, they don't need someone who's gonna. No yeah, one wa- no, no one wants that souvenir of a fun night. No, no, they don't. So instead, you. I just, just I just uh, stopped in the bar briefly uh, and said hi to people and realized it was way too crowded and way too loud for me to have any pleasure there at all and left after one drink and got home and went to bed. So uh-huh. that was my gossip, which is nothing. Oh, it, it's <laughs> well, a there's few, something. A but, few things. But you have gossip. I had gossip. Well, last week, my puppy said he had a craving for internal scritches. Mm. So we planned on meeting up um, on last Saturday mm-hmm. for me to give him those scritches. And then a half hour before I was supposed to meet him, he sent me a text saying, I'm having digestive issues. We're not going to be able to do internal scritches, but would you still like to hang out? And I'm like, yes, I would love to spend some quality time with my puppy. Uh, So we went and got a couple of drinks at Blue Owl. Oh, um, yeah. cafe mm-hmm. in Rio town in Rio town. Cool coffee uh, shop. Yeah. I had a living La Vida mocha, hmm. um, which is described as a mocha with a bit of cayenne in it. And yeah. it, it wasn't, it was more surprising than hot. Mm-hmm. The, the cayenne. It, it was like, Oh, I, I feel that on my soft palate. That's different. I mean, historically, chili and chocolate are yes. you know, flavors that have been put together. Indeed, yeah. Uh, and then we wandered around Michael's for a couple hours looking at yarn and pastels and craft and charcoals and and papers and yeah. It's always it, yeah. Wandering in a craft store is always dangerous because it's like oh. There's, you know, if you ever need an idea for a project, just wander a craft store and something's going to be like, oh yeah, that. So, uh, Puppy needs, said he needed more visual art in his life. Mm -hmm. So he picked up a pack of paper, um, a $5 set of charcoals and a $5 set of pastels. Mm. And so he's going to, uh, draw some still lifes. And I said, well, if you want... You know, big hairy bear in repose. I'd be willing to model for you for a while. And well, that's something. I mean, I know that there's a couple life drawing drop in groups throughout Lansing. I think have weekly or sessions where you just you know, they pass a hat, you throw in five bucks, and there's they hire a model who you draw. And that I know um, there's one that's through MSU. I think it's at the Kellogg Center, not Kellogg Center, um, Kresge Art Center mm-hmm. had it, and then the. Uh, the other one was just one that was floating around. It was an old town for a while. It was just, this woman was the organizer for it. And, uh, you know, that's way of life driving. Or it, it'd be interesting, you know, if there was enough artists who were in the community. It's like, just yeah, having having a kink one. I mean, I think, well, they did that uh, when Tom of Finland, uh, the Tom of Finland show was at the Detroit Institute of Arts. Oh, yeah. They had a kinky drawing thing where they had Leathermen come in and artists sketch them. Cool. So, it could be that, you know, someone in a pup hood, just with the accessories and all that, and, you know, pose, and they get paid in, I don't know, a meal, or maybe even passing the hat. Pat, pat, meal, passing the hood, or, or just a bunch of scritches afterwards. Um, 
Uh, it's real work. I think they deserve more than just scratches. Scratches a, are nice, a, but a, a deep tissue massage to go with the past hat and and the meal. There we go. Uh, so after that, we went back to his place for some external scratches and cuddles, and yeah, and, and a, a nice nap. <laughs> yeah, I had um, well before this cold set in. There's someone who keeps messaging me on Scruff. He lives in Chicago, but I think he has family in the area. And again. Out of the blue, it's like, hey. I'm like, hey. He's like, want to get together? I'm like, well, how long are you around for? And he said, till Monday. I'm like, that's a lot of time, sure. And I told him about Suits in the City and then heard radio silence after that. And and then I got sick, so I didn't really pursue it. But but again, heard nothing from him. So it's like, okay, you're batting a thousand, boy. <laughs> so last night was Detroit Bondage Club. Ooh, yes. I thought about you yeah. and I was like, went to bed at a moderately early hour and Looked the clock and said, uh, we'll probably just be leaving right about now. So I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah. Well uh, attended? Yes, well attended. Yeah. Um, edging seemed to be the theme for the night. Oh. Um, so start out, I threw Sling Bear in the sling. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he said that he hadn't come since Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So that I needed to use a gentle touch when edging him because he didn't want to pop off right away. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, we, we can work you gently with that. Um, so, yeah, I got him nice and moaning. And, um, yeah, he popped off. And we were in the upstairs room with two slings, mm-hmm. which I don't think you've been Not there. since there's been two slings. Uh, uh, last time I was there when they got the first sling up there. Okay. So how many have I missed? Is it just the two? I think you've missed two in a row now. Okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking I missed three in a row. I was feeling really bad because I'm like, oh, I... Because when I was thinking in terms of what to do this weekend, I was like, the priorities were like Creek Ridge first because camping is fun and mm-hmm. the people I would meet would be fun. DBC was second. Uh, Camp It was third. And then hanging around Lansing and doing wedding stuff was fourth because mm-hmm. I figured... You know, they're going to have a big enough crowd. And right. uh, these people, well enough, I would want to stop by and say hi if I was here. But I'm not going to cancel other plans to be there. Right. And we'll we'll see, so, see them later. Yeah. yeah. So DBC, I was like, oh, I really want to go. But I don't want to miss three in a row. But I realized, yeah, I think I just missed. Yeah, because you were there for August, weren't you? Maybe. I was there the first weekend they had the sling in that room. Yes, that was August. Okay. And then, so yeah. Okay, so I'm on this. Well, so then I missed two in a row now. Yeah, okay. you've, you've missed two in a row now. Okay. Um, so after... Uh, Which is better than three. Yeah, so after I got Sling Bear off, mm-hmm. um, he hopped out of that sling, and Puppy hopped mm-hmm. in the sling. Uh, and so I was working Puppy's hole. Mm-hmm. Um, he was feeling kind of tight. You know, he was willing to try, but mm-hmm. uh, wasn't able to take much more than three fingers. And I'm like... Puppy, you haven't been doing your homework, have you? And he's like, no. I'm like, you're, you're not at the point where you can slack off on the homework. You, you got to keep practicing it until... Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to giving him uh, fingers, um, I broke out my slink. Because mm-hmm. um, I've been having my own lower GI issues, and I haven't been able to use it. So I'm like, why let a good toy go to waste? Mm-hmm. So uh, I slid the slink into my puppy and I got mm, two in one one to two inches from the widest point oh. um, 
So yeah, he, he was able to take a lot more of it than mm-hmm. I was. So good boy puppy. Um, he said it was a rather interesting feeling, feeling that full. Mm-hmm. Uh, and said, it's like I'm in the middle of taking just a massive ongoing shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it's supposed to feel like. But while I was working him um, in the other sling in the room, uh, Sling Bear was doing a tickle torture session on the cub with the permaheart on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, stro- stroking and tickling him. Teasing. Oh. Teasing and tickling um, because he, he liked that. And so there was lots of laughter filling the room. And so when Puppy's whole finally was like, no, I'm, I'm done. So we joined in and, and tickled the cub a bit more and then finally let him shoot off. Then <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, then I went downstairs. There was a nice couple engaged in a bondage and edging session, mm-hmm. and they invited me to help out with that. So we edged the first guy for a good half hour, and then they flipped, and um, the one who was on the table before said to me, I'm not really sure how to tie somebody up to the massage table. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's really easy. So the one with the little hook With things? the hooks, okay. yeah. So I said, it's not that difficult. Let me show you. So... Yeah, tied off one end and then yeah, went through the loops mm-hmm. and made sure it just looped around itself on each of the hooks. And yeah, checked in, make make sure nothing was pinching or, or rubbing up against anything too mm-hmm. sensitive. And yeah, blindfolded him. He put on his own pup hood, which is nice. So we gave the puppies fridges and edged him and uh, made... They, just, they were using um, water-based lube Mm -hmm. for the etching which generally i don't recommend for yeah long-term play because water-based lube dries out yeah it gets sticky it gets sticky and tacky really quickly not too hard to you know bring it back yeah you just missed it and it kind of works again for a bit yeah mm -hmm. yeah no i had one of the mini bottles of water and Mm -hmm. when i saw it was getting tacky i just added another uh, cap full to and yeah, eventually got him hmm. off and yeah, shot everywhere and that was fun. Um, at the same time, towards the end of that scene, um, the host of Detroit Bondage mm-hmm. Club had got tied to the St. Andrew's Cross, which okay. is right next to that bondage table. Mm-hmm. Um, and the top broke out. Uh, a really nasty paddle and a single tail. Ooh. And, and yes, the host was vocal in his reactions. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm trying, I'm trying to edge this guy. And the first time the host screamed, I felt the dick go a little bit limp. And I'm like, oh, crap. If we're going to get him off, we're going to have to get him off quickly. I'm like, okay, edging scene is over. We're, we're going because that's the the single tailing and, and beating is just getting started and there's going to be a lot more yells and, make and it screams. Even, for some it would be distracting. For some it would make it more appealing. I mean, it's, each person's wired differently. Right. But I, I, I saw that that was not combining well, so I'm like, okay, we're going... The, would have been nice to enjoy the edging scene for another hour, but I want this guy to have his nut. Mm-hmm. So I uh, got him off 
finally, and then as usual, I ended my night beating off uh, under the rim seat. Because <laughs> that's my favorite way to end any dungeon party fight. Find a, a nice hairy ass, have it sit on my face, and I, I munch away and, and beat off. You probably know Marie Antoinette never said, let them eat cake. But did you know that line was actually written about a Spanish princess 15 years before Marie was even born? This is your brain, and this is your brain on facts. From things you didn't know, to things you thought you knew, to the things you never knew you never knew. Your Brain on Facts is available on all podcast platforms or at yourbrainonfacts.com. Yeah, it was a, yeah, I was sad to miss it, but yeah, there was no mood to be there. And like I said, and also just being sick, no. Yeah. Um, two people that, that I know from uh, outside the dungeon mm-hmm. were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know them too. Okay. Um, and yeah, they were playing and... You know, part of me wanted to watch, but I felt extra voyeuristic <laughs> looking in on their play because I know them in another context. And I'm like, I, oh, yeah, I mean, nice dicks on both of them. But I'm like, and yeah, they were just so wrapped up in each other, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, no, I, I, I felt I was perving and intruding a bit just watching even at the dungeon i'm like okay so i've never really had that too much myself i mean for me it's it's more of a excitement when i do know the people outside of the outside of the venue Mm -hmm. so for me if i knew them from something else it'd be like that much more like wow voyeuristic and Mm -hmm. it'd be kind of yeah especially if i you know found them at all attractive it'd be like oh fuck yeah (laughs) And on on to the expert portion of the show because I'm I'm all out of gossip for for the weekend. I know I was very boring, but that's my trouble. When I get sick, I'm just so the it's it's a bad combination. I I'm kind of horny, but I'm also just like in no mood to be around people or even to beat off. Yeah, it's it's a weird liminal you, space I yeah. do not like, and also I get just very down it's like oh this is what death feels like i get very existentially like okay from a head cold yep oh the slightest <laughs> the slightest infection will just make me think okay death is coming oh I, that's I, my nature i hate to see you when you have a bad bout of flu then oh completely it's it's and anything more than that yeah yeah no but no it's just like okay this is my body is fragile and fallible and this is how it's going to eventually end Okay. Uh, on that pleasant on that note, pleasant note um, I wanted to talk about a topic that you brought up briefly in the last episode, uh-huh. and that's man smells and and sniffers, and mm-hmm. yeah, because internally when when you mentioned you know how rank you were mm-hmm. at the end, I was like, damn it, you should have called me. I would have given you a tongue bath. But yeah, that that is. One of my main kinks and one of the things that has always turned me on has been the smell of, especially armpits, um, on a man. Um, Yeah, unwashed, ripe. Um, It can move on to 
unpleasant. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. There's something for me. I mean, I do like, you know, yeah, that just a sweaty smell. But Mm -hmm. there's a line, and I think my line is probably calibrated closer to, you know, unscented than because I imagine. I think that line's probably closer to just no scent than rank for me. Mm-hmm. I think some guys just like it, you know, they just want it ripe and yeah, and you know, maybe it can't go so bad, you know, can't be too much. But for me, no, I like the smell, but I also love the smell of like, you know, ivory soap. You know, someone who's just washed with standard ivory soap, yeah. that smell too um, can be a, a big turn on, I think, just because, you know, that was the soap, I think, you know, that got used. When I was younger, so it's like, you know, that just smells, you know, I smell every soap and think, okay, naked people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, yeah, I have a a sensitive nose. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to um, pony up and buy the free and clear um, Mm -hmm. laundry detergents Mm -hmm. because I can't stand the smell of the detergents Mm -hmm. on me. Um, You know, I have to use the blue dawn i mean that and anything else and i end up tasting it on you know on my dishes Mm -hmm. um so uh, armpits i don't like especially not axe but Mm -hmm. the that family like no or yeah most deodorants and especially antiperspirants because yeah if, if i've got my nose in in there i'm likely to start licking as yeah. well and yeah getting a tongue full of aluminum salts is uh, uh, ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my favorite artificial scent it is just gently applied old spice i the original old spice formula that i, I like really um like, like the, the beard oils i tend for are the ones with like cedar wood sandalwood uh amber those kind of smells mm-hmm. i I, you know, I like those scents, and those aren't usually a lot of scents you get in colognes, but yeah, beard oil, it seems, things like that, it's, I can be like, ooh. And I just remember I made uh, some, back in the days before you could really find them in the stores, I saw online a recipe for one, and I was like, oh, that looks good, and bought all the oils and everything needed, mixed up, and liked it. Uh, but, and that was one that was really popular with straight boys I knew. Because <laughs> I, I would have a, some, you know, the occasional straight boy just bury his, you know, nose in my beard and take a whiff. And it's like, he's like, I love the smell of that. I was like, thank you. <laughs> you have to find that recipe again. I know, the recipe is somewhere. It's buried. It was online and I wrote it down. It just required everything. But I had a friend, she, she hated it because she hated patchouli. Oh. There's a bit of patchouli in there, and the patchouli is the scent that would linger after a while. Mm-hmm. The other scents would go away, but the patchouli would stay. And she's like, no. And I was like, okay, that's okay. I don't want you hugging on me. I want them <laughs> to hug on me. Well, one of the things about patchouli is, yeah, not only does it last a long time, but it's very easy to use too much mm-hmm. of it. You have to have a very gentle touch mm-hmm. with uh, patchouli. Um, because yeah, it, it's especially like patchouli incense that just mm-hmm. fills a space. It's like, oh my God, you're, yeah, they, you've burned the patchouli incense because that's the only thing strong enough to cover the smell of skunk weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as, yeah. yeah, I like, you know, but I've never really been that opposed to the scent of deodorant or, or even the scent of antiperspirant, uh, 
But yeah, not the taste of it. It's like, nah. Yeah, you little, yeah, no. Not, not the, like, licking a stick of deodorant. Or, or anap- it's interesting because being around, well, I, uh, once upon a time, the chorus, when we used to sing with the, the women's chorus, uh, they were like, please, no one wear deodorant or cologne or aftershave because there's several people with chemical sensitivity. So I just got used to realizing, oh, yeah, there's some people who are going to be really opposed to this. And I had an ex who just could not deal with scents at all. So he'd have to hold his nose, you know, going through the cosmetic, you know, the uh, department stores where the mm-hmm. cosmetic counter. He just would, like, hold his breath while he walked through it because... And so for years I didn't do really anything in the way of colognes or incense or that. And then after we broke up, it's like, oh, I can wear cologne again. And I was like, I just don't go to places where I need to wear cologne. Yeah. And a lot of events I go to are like ones where artificial scents are not welcome, per se. Mm-hmm. Or if they are just very, you know, subtle ones or that. I mean... They, they just need to make some clones that are like, you know, cigar scented, <laughs> whiskey scented, leather scented. Leather, yeah. Uh, Demeter Fragrances um, mm-hmm. creates and and markets highly specific smells, mm-hmm. um, including leather, cigar, green tomato, mm-hmm. red tomato, dirt, um, yeah, dark chocolate, milk chocolate. It, Yeah, it... It's an interesting place to, to go shopping. What's, there's another uh, perfumery. Uh, is it Black Phoenix or Alchemy or Black Alchemy? Shoot, I they just make little tiny bottles of very, you know, very thematic uh, mm-hmm. scents. And usually fantasy themed. I think they had a line that was all the uh, the Endless from Sandman. You know, small okay. runs of those. But I, I think it was Black Phoenix or... Something with alchemy is also in there. I know there's black. I know there's alchemy. But, yeah, I mean, but very, you know, some really interesting stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you know, for the most part, yeah, I just like, you know, I'd be the scent of, you know, especially the scent of someone, you know, sweating, exerting. Uh, I knew a guy once who had a boyfriend, and the boyfriend would come back from running, and that's when they would have sex because he just really wanted that, his sweaty boyfriend. And it was like, okay. That would be that'd be an excuse to you know take up running. Also, I guess they would have really loud sex, and because uh, I knew their neighbor, and it's like yeah. If I had any doubt who the bottom was in the relationship, now <laughs> I, I, I know now. Oh, uh, you were right. Uh, Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab. Oh, cool. Yep. Cool. Yeah, the the power of the Googles. Yay. Yay. Um, but yeah, yeah, sweaty exertion mm-hmm. and. A couple days of fermenting, but I don't want it to smell like rot. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had that happen, or um, any sort of yeasty uh, fungal smell well, puts think, me right off. I think yeah. some of the very, you know, some of the really harsh odors that I think people object to are usually because of bacteria. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, you know quote unquote you know scent of us it's the quote the scent of stuff growing on us yes um and whatever kind of personal flora or fauna you have on your skin is going to lead to that uh the uh i'm trying to think well you know one thing that's in there is i mean we are not really prone to it because i think our noses have atrophied so much but pheromones Mm -hmm. you know we do have pheromones and i think a lot of times there's just some trigger in there so when you're smelling you know quote unquote natural smells mm-hmm. you're getting a dose of those pheromones and you know i've always been curious about that because you know um 
Supposedly human pheromones and pig pheromones are very similar. Uh, biochemically. Biochemically, we're really fucking close to pigs. Uh, <laughs> that's why, you know, they always joke about, you know, humans, you know, long pig. It, yeah. Humans taste like pork. And it's like, because biochemically, we're very similar. And so the pheromones can be uh, pretty close in there. But, I mean, we just don't really, I don't think they have the effect that they do for, you know, other animals. Just fish like dogs or anything like that. But, because I'd be curious, too. It's, if there was a way to measure pheromone reaction to mm-hmm. see how gay men respond to male pheromones you know versus you know is, is there something wired in there that we do find male pheromones more attractive i mean a lot of it i think a lot of the attraction is just visual and what clicks for us sexually i mean you're not getting pheromones from a magazine or a videotape right so you know that's still getting you off but you know is it learned? Is it learned behavior? You know which pheromones you kind of go for, but it's like. But anyway, I have to admit too, it's like smelling someone is. There's kind of intimacy to it. I, yeah. I've, I've noticed going by somebody, just like you know, surreptitiously seeing if there's a smell because it's like, oh, I you know I want to know what you smell like. I don't know what you taste like. I I want to know everything. Right. And yeah, I mean, I, I've run across guys who. I really, really like the way they smell, and mm-hmm. guys whose scent just puts me off. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it you know probably has something to do with genetics and chemistry and diet and mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And you know, I I would think that you know for gay men, you know, reacting more to male pheromones, I I would think it would be more learned mm-hmm. though rather than purely you know, genetic, though it, it's hard to parse that yeah. out in experimental setting, if only because, you know, our brain is very good at creating connections mm-hmm. and relationships. And so if you have that pheromone scent connected to male and what you like, mm-hmm. then, yeah. That's almost a chicken-egg thing. It's like, yeah. I mean, do you like the male pheromones because you're attracted to men? Or you talk to men because you like, like male, male pheromones, you know, right. which would be a much simpler explanation of, you know, how the wiring happens. Like, oh, this is the pheromone that clicks for you, and oh, it just happens to come from these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's not just the scent of pits, crotch, mm-hmm. ass. Um, yeah, it, even freshly washed, though, though you'll get a, a nice whiff off of there. And well, any place that's sweaty or just would hold yeah. uh, any place that's hairy. I mean, that's hair holds on to the scent mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of the, you know, I guess cultures that are making that sense are also hanging out. Yeah. And, you know, for a long time, I wasn't into feet mm-hmm. uh, at all. Um, but I have run across more recently a, f- a few feet that mm-hmm. I'm like, Ooh, mm-hmm. but I, oof, also, oof, yeah, foot odor um, can be very particular on that because mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was at Mr. International Rubber last year and staying in the hostel, mm-hmm. um, one of the people I shared a room with had a really bad case of athlete's foot, and it stunk up the entire higher hostel room. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, it almost seems like at that point it's like, I mean, that's something I've done with my um, feet. I know because... Uh, when I was taking a massage class, I remember there was this really nice kind of like scented uh, balm that, you know, it's like, oh, put that on the feet. But then realized that, okay, it's also moisturizing the feet, so it's making the feet more moist. 
And I've gotten to where if like if I think there's something with my feet, I will do uh, just alcohol, the mm-hmm. you know, the hand sanitizer, do a nice swath of that. And also, I found out that uh, in giving massages, you're gonna give a foot massage. Yeah, you just you know lather it up with a um, the uh, hand sanitizer first, mm-hmm. and that kind of cleans it out. And then you know then you go in with the oils and all that because you probably strip away some oils because of the hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah. But you've, but you've, you've stripped also, everything off. But, but you've also made it so that you're not smelling feet, and your hands aren't going to reek of feet. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. That oof. Uh, yeah, and so. Is that, it because, that, I mean, the yeah. feet, yeah, because the feet, we just keep locked in socks yeah. and shoes for so long. Although I do know, well, oh yeah, I think I mentioned that, the last one about, I know a sniffer pup whose marine best friend mm-hmm. saved the socks from uh, uh, when he was uh, doing his, a tour of duty or something, mm-hmm. he'd use the same socks for a long time, and it's like, and save them for his friend, it's like, aww. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's something very primal about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's too, it's like, it kind of, you know, makes us think it's like, Hey, we're animals doing animal things, making animal smells. Yay. So another reason why maybe artificial sense kind of pull you out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, had an, another idea somewhere. Um, oh yeah. That, oh. that, that unpleasant experience, uh, in the hostel mm-hmm. uh, is one reason Plus, it's cheaper and closer. Um, I went with an Airbnb for this year's Mr. International oh. Rubber. Um, of course, I went with the cheapest and closest and didn't read the description too closely. Oh. Um, so, in the house rules, it did specifically say, Thou shalt not booty call. I'm like, mm. oh, all right. And also said, There is a cat in the house. And I'm like, Oh. Crap! I'm gonna have to take some Zyrtec <laughs> and maybe get a surgical mask to sleep in. Yes. Yeah, I have a cat allergy. That's kind of oh, nasty. But... See, you read the fine print. Gotta read that fine print. Well, whenever I've used Airbnb, it's obviously some people who it was not. So it was probably actually illegal Airbnbs because I think you're only supposed to rent out rooms in your house, like mm-hmm. you're living in. Yeah, this is obviously some apartment the person had bought to rent out because. He showed up, gave us the key, and then we had the whole run of the place. It was like a separate, you know, not a place he lived in. And, uh, you know, and I think that was in New York, so. But it was really nice because you weren't sharing a place with anybody. You had a, this whole little apartment all to yourself. And that was really handy. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of times, yeah, you're sharing it with people, which if you're a people person, yeah, that'd be great. You get to know some new people. Or it could just be like, okay, I'm sharing a house with a stranger. And it's their house. And there's rules. Like yeah. curfews and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's like ah, oh. yeah. I it the rules weren't aren't too restrictive. Actually, and, I think to the last Airbnb I stayed at was also, it was the family's house, mm-hmm. but they subsequently moved from it, and were turning it had t- tried to turn it into a rental, and they rented to students for a year, and then that was horrible. A lot of damage happened. They're just like nope, not again. So they're converting and just doing it as an Airbnb, but. Again, yeah, it wasn't a, a residence. It was their old residence that they now we're just doing as a rental. So, well, I mean, maybe if, some wiggle room. If, if in they, it. if they were, if they owned that house, oh yeah, out, it know. was a family. Their family home they lived in until they outgrew it and then moved to a bigger house. Yeah, it's I like, mean, well, we don't want to just sell it. Let's rent it. And, oh, renting sucked. Let's rent it in a smaller capacity. Yeah, well, not certain, but. Um... 
Hey everyone, it's Dick. And Max. The hosts of Off the Cuffs, a kink and BDSM podcast. A podcast for those in the lifestyle and those who are curious about it. Each week we sit down with a different guest to discuss their radioactive spider bite into kink. And it gives everybody a chance to express themselves in matters of sexuality. And a platform in which to express it. It's conversational, it's educational, and it's a lot of fun. More and more people have been reaching out to us telling us what they've learned about themselves just from us sharing our stories with each other every week. So find Off the Cuffs on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service and follow us on twitter and instagram at ocp kink one other scent that i like that i know is um more of a boutique um i i do like the smell of a cheesy dick (laughs) um i know that not everybody is into into that and even guys who are uncut it it's a i found it's about 50 mm-hmm. 50 as to they're like oh no i keep it scrupulously clean what are you nuts and others are like oh yeah i'll, I'll bring up a, a crop of cheese every now and then but see now yeah. for me it's like nope Blah. no i I, no. I happen to i happen to in, enjoy that but then again you know i'm I'm a raunchy kind of pervert, mm-hmm. so hey, they each to their own. It's like as yeah. long as it, as long as the 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 hygiene choices were you know actual choices, and mm-hmm. not just because someone was lazy. <laughs> yeah, so, that, no, I'm wanting this because I want this, as opposed to oh, I just can't be bothered. Yeah, because well, the, I guess you know if you can't be bothered, as long as that you know if that's the kind of man you're attracting, it's like cool. But I, I, I like intentionality to it. Yeah, and that that. The laziness can be a sign of issues mm-hmm. in other areas that, yeah, not so much fun. But, yeah, f- fewer showers and, yeah, less heavy colognes. And mm-hmm. and to the youth of America, Axe body spray cans are not single serving, mm-hmm. despite what the commercial hey, may tell you. Like I said, I once had a co-worker who, almost from another country... And was, you know, instructed, hey, Americans get really particular about bathing and, you know, scent, so they don't want to smell body odor. So, uh, aqua velva. Trouble is, he would do it like the commercial, which means you fill your hand with the whole palm of it and splash it up your body after your shower. And so he'd come in just reeking. Reeking And I was like, what? He's like, no, I just put it on like they show in the commercial. Like, you fill your hand and splash it on. It's like, no, that's artistic. (laughs) <laughs> that, that is not meant to be you you dab a bit on strategic places and it's like oh and so so you know all yeah, a things, lot cheaper that way yeah, too like, how much were you going through dude wow yeah like, yeah like I, my bottle of old spice mm-hmm. lasts me at least a year mm-hmm. because you know, I'm judicious in its use mm-hmm. alright uh, crafting mm-hmm. um so, yeah, when I went to Michael's uh, with my puppy, uh, they were, they had free um, patterns mm-hmm. um, by some of the yarn. And this particular one caught my eye mm-hmm. for a knit from the corner mm-hmm. blanket. So, so that ends up giving you uh, diagonal stripes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I'm going to end up doing an entire blanket with it because... That's a lot of knitting. Mm-hmm. Um, it calls for four um, four balls of the uh, Karen Big Cakes, mm-hmm. which are you know they're they're about a foot ac- a foot across. Oh. yeah, it, it's a lot. That's a lot of yarn, and calls for twenty nine inch 
circular needles. So I'm thinking, eh, maybe not a full blanket, but I can probably use the, t the technique to make a nice diagonally striped scarf mm -hmm. and go with that. And so that will be my next thing after I finish my current scarf, mm -hmm. which I'm making good progress on and yeah, it's going to be a lot. Um, yeah, it's got a technique on here called Knit One Below that I'm probably going to have to look up mm -hmm. on. Uh, yeah, knit into the next stitch one row below at the same time slipping off the stitch from above. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to have to see it in motion Good news, uh, a few YouTube times. YouTube shows so much of that stuff. Oh, yeah, you, YouTube is... YouTube is how I've learned most of my knitting techniques, and I don't know if I have really have any projects. Uh, Halloween's coming up, and I've been invited to a party, so I think there needs to be a costume, and I don't mm -hmm. know how much actual crafting that will be, but it'll be going to like you know how you went to Michael's and looked for stuff. I'll go to Party City or the Halloween store and just browse until I see an item that's like, oh, I can build a costume around that. And, well, I mean, this could be the perfect excuse for you to get one of those spandex suits. Mm -hmm. And, uh, cause if they had worked into a costume, two costume ideas for other people came up that the spandex suit is perfect because, uh, someone wanted to do the Marquis de Carabas from, uh, Neverwhere mm -hmm. and it's described that he has black skin, not, you know, not dark, no. not dark brown, but black. black. Right. And he was like, I'd like to do that character, but it's like, how would I do it? And I go and not do blackface. I know because no, you could not do blackface. That's just. You can't. But but a black Zendai yeah. suit. I said, oh, yeah, just do it. And so you're just, uh, sh uh, you know, the formless, the, you can't tell. You know, it's just all black, like a void. And it's like, I think that could work. Yeah. And, and then yeah, dress up appropriately on yeah. top of it. Yeah. So, because, yeah, I think he was just listening to Neverwhere. And it's like, oh, Marquita Carver is such a cool character. And it's like, but how would you cosplay that? And it's like, well. Very carefully. <laughs> um, the other character I could think of was the man in the tan jacket from Night Vale. He was just seen as nondescript. No one could remember what he looked like. So a tan morph suit underneath a tan jacket and other just normal clothes. I was like, it would be a kind of a niche thing, but it's like, that's okay. I'm dressing for myself, not for the masses. Mm. But, yeah. uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, so yeah, a possibility if I could think of a costume that would be appropriate for that. It's like, okay. The only one I can think of is the, uh, the mascot for community, the human being. Oh, that was just horrific. But yeah, just just go and grab one of the green suits and you know tell everyone. Oh, you can just chroma key in what whatever whatever costume you want when you take my picture. Well, and also a lot of the uh, those morph suits also already have patterns. I've seen the one that are like muscles, mm -hmm. uh, mummy wrappings. So I mean, they make Halloween flavored ones that have Spider-Man, Deadpool. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, of course, of course, superheroes. Those. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody wants to be a superhero. Well, because you get to wear tight, revealing, you know, pervert suits. Yay. Um, I mean, I know I've not lost enough weight for me to feel comfortable doing that <laughs> yet, but, but give it time. Well, and you, you need to just, um, also need to decide, will you be wearing a jock strap underneath it or, or will you let Depends the ball hang out? Yeah. Um, I knew a friend, he had a green lantern outfit. And honestly, whether or not he was wearing anything underneath, depending on what the situation was. If he was, you know, hanging out at a family-friendly party, then yeah, he would wear, you know, 
pair of whitey tighties under it just mm-hmm. to uh, keep things under control. If he was at a party where it was a bunch of gay guys, uh, no, he wanted to show off his dick. So uh, he was wearing nothing underneath it, and it was obvious because that boy had a huge cock. Yes. So you just got to know your crowd. <laughs> yep, you, you got to be able to... Uh... To figure out who your audience is and... And dress accordingly is the, yep. I think, key thing with Halloween. It's like, okay, you're going to be a you know, slutty whatever. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, but make sure it's at a party where that would be appreciated and not... Yeah, and yeah, too many, yeah, quote, sexy costumes for Halloween. There, there's an entire, um, I think it's an Instagram devoted to inappropriately mm. sexy costumes. And, and of course, they're all women's costumes. And, oh. and what makes what makes them sexy? Well, the fishnet stockings that come with it. Okay, really? well, yeah. guy could wear that just as easily. I know, no, I know of a Halloween party that's happening, and the theme is going to be the Trump administration. Yeah, it just seems kind of boring. It's like, I think it's an excuse for people to just dress up in a suit and wear wigs or that. But Oof. there are certain individuals in this crowd who do resemble certain individuals in the administration. So I was like, well, the best I could do is just get an ill-fitting suit and be Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Got the kind of hair for it. Um, but the, uh, oh, oh, we could do sexy. Could do a, a, a sexy Trump or... <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Uh-uh. No. No, I, no. <laughs> See, no. think of the horror, the horror. That's what Halloween is about. <laughs> there's horror and there's revulsion. and Yeah, no. and on that note, we've run out of time again. A sexy Mike Pence, which is basically Brad Patton, the porn star, <laughs> with gray hair. Okay, go on. Um, please send your questions, comments, show ideas, dirty pictures, or project photos to harryprone at gmail.com or tweet at us, we are at harryprone.com. Our theme music is Hotspot by Aux, used under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Thank you so much for listening to us. Please be sure to listen to our friends on the internet, The Sewers of Paris, Linoleum Night, and Off the Cuffs. We are your hosts, Sarah Kane. And Lansing Mike. Wishing you peace, love, and perversion. Good night. Night.